Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Morning Bible Study with the Day of Prayer. My name is Layla, and we're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, LaCharles, can you open us up in prayer? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for this time to come together in your name, Lord. And I just thank you for the knowledge that you continue to impart on your people Lord, so that way we can continue to make our lives better, Lord, and to continue to look more like you with each day, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for people listening, and I just ask that you continue to reveal your revelation unto us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, let's continue our study in Daniel. We're still in chapter 3. Uh, can I get a volunteer to read from verse 26 to the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, promise. Then ne- Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men whose bodies were whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor was their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Mm-hmm. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants mm. who trusted in him, and they have not frustrated the king's word. And you thereby that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language that speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their house shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other god who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure we read this correctly. Uh, verse 20, 28, middle of the verse, it says, and they have frustrated the king's word. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yes. All right. So. Thank you, Promise. Thank You're you, welcome. sir. Yes. What is the Lord speaking and ministering to you through his Holy Spirit? Or what questions do you have? Oh, I wanted to make the correlation. Last devotional, we talked about how there was a comparison between Moses and Pharaoh and also Nebuchadnezzar and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Abednego. Mm-hmm. Um, unlike with Moses and Pharaoh, the Pharaoh hardened his heart against the works of God, but Nebuchadnezzar was receptive and his heart was softened when he saw these things and he could openly admit that it was God, and only God could do this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, why is that? There are scriptures that say with Pharaoh, the Lord says, I will harden his heart. But long before he even sent Moses, he already said what Pharaoh was going to do. Yes. The Lord knows. He's in control. And because he knows what we ultimately are going to choose, mm-hmm. 
he allows it to happen. Mm-hmm. We have free will, as it were. So God wasn't physically hardening Pharaoh's heart. That was his choice. That was his choice. But God knew how he would respond to what was being placed in front of him, right? That yes. he would in turn harden his heart. God was saying, I'm giving him the opportunity That's it. to make a choice right here, but I know he's going to harden his heart and I, it's going to aggravate him, right? Yes. <laughs> and this is going to be the outcome and hit the choice that he's going to make, which would be to harden his heart rather than yield and acknowledge that the Lord is God. And that applies to each of us. Mm-hmm. We all have many opportunities to acknowledge that the Lord is God or to harden hearts mm-hmm. and attempt to reject that truth, mm-hmm. which is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. That's it. There, There's none other. He's God. There is he no is other. God. There is none other. Exactly. Every time you go, <gasps> that's a chance for you to acknowledge God. Every breath. Mm-hmm. And there's also the command, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Amen. So, and what you were saying, he knew Nebuchadnezzar. Ultimately, he knew what Pharaoh was going to do, but he also knew how Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar, excuse me, yes. <laughs> I like wow. that, Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> I'll be calling him that for <clears throat> Nebuchadnezzar. That's cute. He knew how Nebuchadnezzar was going to respond. Mm-hmm. That's why previously he had already said, my servant. Right? He had called him my servant. He knew what was going to happen. Does that make sense? Yes, we serve an all-knowing, omniscient God, right? Exactly. Yes. He's all-knowing, all-powerful, and always present, everywhere present, all at the same time. Omniscient, right? Omnipotent, Omnipotent. which is all-powerful, and omnipresent. That's right. That's the God we serve. why he can declare the end from Mm -hmm. the beginning. That's why he can send a prophetic word. That's why he can say, oh, that's okay, Moses, I'm going to send you here. This is how they're going to react, but go anyway. Yes. Right? Was God surprised when Lucifer rose up against him? No. Okay. If he doesn't change, he is the Lord and he changes not. (coughs) And if he knows everything now, did he know everything then? Yes. All right. Hallelujah. Amen. What else did everybody get out of this section? Okay, like how Kyle was talking about that each time Nebuchadnezzar's heart was softened, the Lord showed me that kind of like before that, the first time when he had the dream that he said the people were going to... He's going to kill them? Cut them in pieces and turn their houses into ash heaps. Yep. He likes his favorite. He likes to burn stuff down. Huh? Mm. That's his favorite. Uh, he was using. <laughs> he was using the exact thing in the very beginning, but you can see here that he's using the exact thing to honor the Lord. Like, go. Okay. If you disrespect the Lord, this is going to happen to you. Right. So he's using carnal and fleshly means. 
God's not saying burn their house down. Not at this moment. I mean, there's times that he said, hey, raise it to the ground. Don't even leave a blade of grass. Put sprinkle salt on it. He's like, you know, take care of all of it. Don't even keep, don't let a kitty cat. Meow. Okay, I'm sorry. He didn't say that. <laughs> he said he said livestock. Their, their livestock and their sheep. I'm sorry. I just wanted to be a little bit funny this morning. Yes, let nothing escape, right? That's right. Yes. But when God says it, that's when it's right. If he doesn't exactly. say it. Keep your hands to yourself. Stay quiet. That's right. Speak when he says to speak, what he says to speak, in the manner with which he says to speak it. And the same with doing. Do what he does, when he says to do it, how he says to do it. Okay? Were you still talking, Promise? I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Okay. And also, kind of like you can see, when we were talking about the chapter before that where he was trying to preserve himself by making the gold image. Mm-hmm. The Lord is also showing that this was kind of like, well, since he preserved these, yes, three, three people from fire, so why can't he keep my kingdom from getting demolished? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's seeing the Lord in a different light. <clears throat> And that's a good question, and that's something that he's able to talk to the Lord about and let the Lord cultivate righteousness on the inside of him in his thought process. Right? Yes. And and help fine-tune that idea because there's some things that are lacking in that, that mentality. But when we give God a chance, he can come in and straighten everything out for us. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't have anything else. Okay. okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Charles. I want to bring up the same thing that Promise did, but I wanted to bring it up in a slightly different light. The Lord showed me when Nebuchadnezzar said that he was going to cut them to pieces and burn them to ashes. He was more so showing me that he was saying that anybody who speaks amiss against God, saying that he can't save is a liar. And he already knows he was going to do that to the people who lied to him because... He hates lies. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was acknowledging that people who say that and do not acknowledge him are, in fact, lying about it because there's no way that you can look around and say that the Lord is not able to do all these things. Like mm-hmm. all, And he had witnesses to testify to this fact that he had everybody who was supposed to bow down to his image. They all saw Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego come out of the fire unharmed. Mm-hmm. And... You can see that Nebuchadnezzar, he was laying the foundation for people to stop laying accusations, like the people who delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. He was telling them to stop, or next time they already know what's going to happen to them, so that there was no surprises. Mm-hmm. So who was actually setting this up for them? The devil? Well, it on the, the people. But, okay. <laughs> let, let me clarify that question. Who set up for their protection? Oh, oh God. God. Absolutely. Yes, the enemy, he was trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And God's like, ha-ha. I'm going to turn it around. I've got and this. work it out for your good. And But the more perfect thing is that God had already ordained and exactly. laid it out for it to be worked out for their good, for them to have a good conclusion at the end of it. They just had to get in the flow with God. They just had to hold fast mm-hmm. their confession of faith. Just like Job, God had already purposed to give him double. 
He had already determined that. He had already laid the situation out. Joe, come on in here, conquer, kick the devil around a little bit, walk on his head, and at the end of it, I'm going to bless you. Job had to walk in the what the vein of what God said. Mm-hmm. Job had to not curse God. Job had to pray for his friends. Job had to remain in his covenant of blessing with the Lord to then reap that. But it's already laid out there. Your Mm -hmm. destiny track, the good works that are predestined that you should walk in them are there. You may not be able to see them at this moment, but they are present. They are laid out in your life for you to come across them as you follow God and hit every mark and wicked, if you will, and get there. It was already, the destiny was already laid out. And like I said, Mm -hmm. Jesus wasn't flying down at the last minute, you know, with wings (laughs) flying, you know, they're all pointed backwards because he's flying so hard to try to get there in time and make it to just make sure, you know, he got there. No, he was already there. He had already prepared for this. He wasn't surprised by it. He knew that fiery furnace was there. He knew when Nebuchadnezzar was making that gold image in his mind because it happened in his head before it happened by his hands. God knew all that. He knew that the people were trying to set his folks up. And he had already, before the world was formed, he had predestined for them to rule in this particular place at this particular time. They had to sync up with the Lord and walk in it and walk with him. Go ahead, mm-hmm. uh, After, kind of makes me snicker after King Nebuchadnezzar made his declaration what was going to happen to these people if they didn't acknowledge God. Mm-hmm. It was kind of like their entire plan backfired. And the very thing they wanted to keep um, Mishael, Azariah, and Hananiah from, they were exalted even more. It goes to the Psalms that David wrote. The Lord prepares a feast before me, before my enemies. A table before you in the presence of your enemies. Mm-hmm. God is a good God. He is. And, you know, he shows off in, in a God kind of way, in his way of going, every time you come against my people, if they'll just trust me, I'll exalt them. And the trap that they laid that's not a new concept. We see that repeatedly throughout the word. The trap that they laid for his people, they fell into themselves. Yes. You want to tattle because they won't worship your fake God? I'm going to make it so that you're going to be in peril. Oh, yes. And that also reminded me of Esther. Esther's mm-hmm. story with mm-hmm. Haman and Mordecai. That's mm-hmm. right. How Haman tried to set this trap and have all the Jewish people hung but he and his house were hung on those various things he constructed for god's people no for god's but he specifically targeted mordecai that's right oh yes for that particular yes extra tall gallows and everything that's the one that was, yes that had mordecai's name he, he targeted the entirety right. of the jewish people yes mm-hmm. but he but there was one specific for mordecai that was different from gallows. all the others exactly make yes. it extra high and and those were mm-hmm. that was the exact one that yes Haman. And his sons, mm-hmm. his family, was hung from. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, so, yes, that's a good yeah. point. But that, And then you see that concept, the trap that you laid for the people of God. Mm-hmm. You fell into yourself. And you also see that with David, his prayers, right? That they would fall into their own trap. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? He doesn't wish harm on them, but they laid a trap clearly to target David. And he says, Lord, they would fall in their own trap. Mm-hmm. He, that's a request of the Lord that he has. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. which also goes to other scripture. Lord says, I'll bless those that bless you, and I'll curse those that curse you. It's, it's significant. It matters to the Lord. Right? 
Don't touch my anointed. Mm-hmm. Right? Lay not your hand on my anointed. Do no harm to my prophets. Yes. His word says that as well. Mm-hmm. These three, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, were there declaring the Lord. And, and not just declaring the Lord, but demonstrating him and who he is. But ultimately, f- for what goal and purpose? To glorify God. To glorify God. Mm-hmm. And in so doing, what happened? Went over King Nebuchadnezzar. Bring him back in alignment with the Lord in a new way, right? So this is different from the last one. Although a similar thing happened, right? It was brought back in to the Lord. Beginning of a relationship, or this part of discipleship, because as we start discipleship, you know, let's, let's be real. We start off as infants, and then we go to little children, then adolescents, and then ultimately we we I'll say attain the the level of fathers of parents, right? So there is patience, there is guidance in the discipleship process, right? And bearing with one another, like admonishment. Hey, you don't quite have this right, but let's walk together in this. But then also as as Nebuchadnezzar is growing in knowledge, not just of, but his relationship with the Lord. What happened with the first one? It was about a dream, right? Yes. Now, yes, the dream did cover the aspect of idolatry as well. That's something the Lord was ministering to him about, which you see here he still doesn't have quite right. But how many times have we in our relationship with the Lord said, all right, Lord, I saw you do this thing over here, and you answered me here, right? Because what did he ask for? Nebuchadnezzar asked that they would share or disclose the dream mm-hmm. and its meaning. And that was granted through Daniel, right? So Nebuchadnezzar saw that. But here's something totally different, right? How many times do, do we go, Lord, I know you did this over here, but can you or will you do this and then will you do it for me? Right? And, and we brought up about Job, about the standing and standing on the trials and, and all those things and declaring who the Lord is. And the Lord had already had a plan and purpose mm-hmm. decided, and that was to bless those that, um, or bless Job in, in Job's case. Same with these three here. The plan and the purpose was to bless them as they stood and acted in a way that exhibited the Lord's nature, his character, and glorified him. Mm-hmm. But let's also look at Job, right? In light of this, what else happened with Job? God had to correct him. He understood more of the Lord. Right, Job 42, the first six verses say this. Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You asked, who is this who hides counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You, that is the Lord, said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. And then Job's response is this, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself, and I repent. In dust and ashes. What is Nebuchadnezzar doing here? What is happening? What does he do? What is his response 
to seeing the Lord. He worships him. He repents. He falls down before the Lord and is proclaiming the Lord. Blessed be the God of, he says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And then acknowledges what the Lord did. Who the Lord is and what he did. And then, now there's a coming in, repenting, and coming into right standing, not just for himself, but for the entirety of the kingdom. They should not serve. It says that first, these three should not serve any God except their own God, and then declares it for the rest of the empire. Yeah? Yes. Why? He knew the Lord. He saw the Lord, and he acknowledged there is no other God who can deliver like this. Yes, he brought them out of the fire, but to the point that they did not even have the smell of smoke on their clothing. That's the God we serve. Mm -hmm. There was no, by looking at them, you could not tell that they had even been near a fire. Which is not unlike what uh, David acknowledges, right? Although a thousand may fall at my right and ten thousand at my left, yes. it will by no means harm me. Mm-hmm. The Lord is the same yesterday and today and forever. Mm-hmm. Or as you read in Malachi yesterday, I am the Lord, I change not. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. And because of who he is, his graciousness, his mercy, his compassion. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we are not consumed. Thank the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord. Layla, you had something you wanted to say? Yes. Okay. And, and with King Nebuchadnezzar, and we see in chapter 3 and chapter 4, he kind of does this flip-flopping. I'll serve you, Lord, now. And then he goes off and does his own thing. It just kind of reminds me of Rehoboam, King Solomon's son, and We'll read part of part of this story in First Kings fourteen, verses twenty one through twenty four, and then we're going to skip to Second Chronicles twelve and read some verses there. So I'll give everybody a moment to get there. First Kings what? Chapter fourteen, verses twenty one through twenty four. Okay. And it says, And Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, reigned in Judah. Rehoboam was 41 years old when he became king. He reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Naamah and Amnitus. Now Judah did evil in the sight of the Lord, and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins which they committed, more than all that their fathers had done. For they also built for themselves high places, sacred pillars, and wooden images on every high hill and under every green tree. And there were also perverted persons in the land. They did according to all the abominations of the nations which the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. Skipping to Second Chronicles 12, we're going to start in verses 1 and read through 6. 
And then we'll skip down to verse 14. And it says, Now it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself that he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel along with him. And it happened in the fifth year of King Rehoboam that Shikshak, the king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem because they had transgressed against the Lord with 1,200 chariots, 60,000 horsemen, and people without number who came with him out of Egypt, the Lubim and the Shukaim and the Ethiopians. And he took the fortified cities of Judah and came to Jerusalem. Then Shemaiah the prophet came to Rehoboam and the leaders of Judah who were gathered together in Jerusalem because of Shikshak, and said to them, Thus says the Lord, You have forsaken me, and therefore I have also left you in the hand of Shikshak. So the leaders of Israel and the king humbled themselves, and they said, The Lord is righteous. And then skipping down to verse 14, And he did evil, because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. So in, in between verses um, 17 and when we get down to 14, the Lord ends up saving him, and Shikshak, the king of Egypt, ends up going back where he's from. And after, even after the Lord showed his hand and he saved Rehoboam, he did evil again. Okay. And so, took all Israel with him. So how does that apply to what we're reading here in Daniel? Explain that, and then we'll continue the discussion, okay? Okay. And you see with King Nebuchadnezzar, he does something similar. He goes, oh, Lord, your God, and humbles himself and comes underneath him, and, and so does Rehoboam. And then they both go off and do their own thing and sin before the Lord, and then they both come back again, and then they both sin again, and there's no consistency in what they're doing. They don't make the stand that they should make is, Lord, I'm I'm just going to serve you, Mm -hmm. regardless of what's around me, what I think, what my flesh says feels good, what others say I should do, I'm just going to follow you. Mm -hmm. And it ends up costing them both, um, Things that would have been of great value and a prize and a reward to them had they Mm -hmm. had continued with the Lord. And it's Mm -hmm. important that we shouldn't be like that. We shouldn't go, Lord, I'm going to serve you today, and tomorrow you're going to be in a box. And then when I'm in distress, Lord, I'll call upon your name. But the minute I get what I want, you you just be quiet and get in the background, in the peanut gallery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, Lord, I'm going to serve you regardless. And Amen. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael, they decided, unlike Rehoboam and Nebuchadnezzar, they decided they were going to serve him regardless. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter what happened, who said what, who did anything. My eyes are on you, Lord, and you are my choice, and I'm going to stand by my choice and not let anybody take me to the left or to the right like Joshua. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's important that we take that stand also, Lord, you're my choice. Absolutely. Don't let anybody pull you by the arms to do what they want. You stand firm, you put your feet on the ground. No, this is my choice and I'm going to abide by it. And you will see and reap the rewards of that. I believe it was David or maybe it was Solomon. One of them said, only with my eyes shall I see the reward of the wicked. That's I don't have to, ex- that's, David. Um, that's Psalm 91. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. David. Only with my eyes shall I see the reward of the wicked. I'm not going to be in the midst with them, feeling it and seeing it, but I'll, I'll, I'll let the Lord deal with it, and I will see what it looks like and continue on my way with him. Mm. 
and peace and mm-hmm. in rest and complete and wholeness. So that's just Absolutely. what the Lord was sharing with me. It's about remaining, right? That's been uh, something that the Lord has discussed with well, many, but especially mm-hmm. what he's in having us speak about mm-hmm. is standing in him, remaining in him. Right? David also says, I'm like a tree planted in the court of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right or in the house of the Lord. Mm-hmm. There, there's no. If you look at those plans, there are no trees there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah. no trees. But it's because our roots are in Him. A tree cannot just pick itself up and move from place to place. Mm-hmm. It cannot. Mm-hmm. Yes. The roots keep it grounded in the spot where it was meant or supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Right where those yes. seeds fell and planted. Our roots those of Christians and believers, should be so firmly rooted in the Lord that we can stand through anything. Mm-hmm. We're not weak, but we have strong roots because our roots are not in ourselves or in the things around us. They're only in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's how David was. But so that's the pattern, an example, if you will, a pattern example for how we should be in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, he's the vine and we are the branches. Exactly. The branches, and without him we can do nothing. So if we cut ourselves off from him, we should have no expectation of going anywhere or doing anything fruitful again. Right? But as long as we remain, abide in him, he will abide in us. And we'll ask what we will Mm -hmm. of the Father, and he'll do it so that that we're blessed and our joy is made full. So... Amen. I, I appreciate you saying that, Layla, because Absolutely. <clears throat> I was I was thinking about that. Nebuchadnezzar, like many believers, and I can talk about myself, for example, I knew about God, and just like we, we described uh, at the beginning of this book, that this is Abraham's people. So they have a knowledge of God. They're not surprised by this. They have a knowledge, but they chose to worship other things instead, or in addition to, right? We yeah. saw Laban with Jacob talking about um, your God and was familiar with him. So it wasn't a surprise, but I grew up in church, if you will. We went to church on a regular basis, and I still, I could could quote scriptures to you. Mm -hmm. I could finish your sentence if you were starting a, a verse, but my personal life had no reflection of God. I would use my prayer in an ungodly way. Lord, don't, just don't come back before I, you know, while I'm in the middle of this sin, wait till I have a chance to repent afterwards. But I did it full face knowing I was sinning and Jesus could come back any moment and what the consequences were. But my, my petition was just let me get my sin done and then I'll repent when I'm done when, later. That's unacceptable or trying to practice racing my, Lord, forgive me, with the twinkling of the eye and the, the sound of the trumpet. I mean, literally. Oh, forgive me. Like, I practice that, and that's wrong. That's ungodly. That's repugnant and disgusting before our Heavenly Father because I'm purposefully disregarding the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for my sins. But there came a time when I said, God, I need you. Enough with these silly games. Enough with this nonsense. I cannot live my life without you. And it wasn't until I recognized that I needed God that I actually took a hold of him and made a forever commitment to the Lord. Because before I looked just like Nebuchadnezzar. I'd come in a little bit, then I'd go way back out. But not so far that I, you know, started flat out worshiping other stuff. But, you know, 
got I, I can still see you, but I'm not really looking at you. My back is to you, but not really doing what you want. And then I'd come looking back. Looking out of your peripherals. Yes, yes. <laughs> right. So I would I would dabble and play with things that I shouldn't, like I said, not witchcraft. I knew that was wrong, but still, I put myself out there, and then I'd run back. Jesus, help me! Lord, save me! Lord, forgive me! And then I'd go back out, just like a wave of the sea. But when I I crossed this point, I said, "Okay, wait a second. That's just too much for me, Lord. I need you." And we'll we'll see coming up. Nebuchadnezzar will have his his moment that he recognizes God, but. Until we make that commitment, we're going to be like the wave of the ocean. We're going to come in, and we're going to roll back out. And then we're going to come back in, and we're going to roll back out. And you don't know how far it's going to take you out. Mm -mm. That's why you should not take such risks. But every person has to come to the point of knowing that they need Jesus before they can make a lasting commitment. Because if you think you're good enough by yourself, you won't see the point and the value of his life. Death, burial, and resurrection. You'll treat it as something um, to be taken lightly. But when you understand how much you need him, you'll value his life and treat it as precious. His word becomes vital Mm -hmm. to you and precious versus um, nice or okay or meh. I don't have any use for it. So thank you for saying that, Layla. Yes. Anyone else? Anything they have anything they want to share? No. No. Okay. What about yourself, honey? Oh, okay. I was just gonna say you can see Nebuchadnezzar's not ready because he didn't put away the the false people from him. Mm-hmm. You can tell he's not ready. He just said, "Okay, this is a bigger god than the rest of them," but. He'll come around. Exactly. <laughs> but that's, we all have that opportunity. The Lord gives us those opportunities. He draws us near to him. As as we draw near to the Lord, he draws near to us. Mm-hmm. So it's not always this overnight quick process, mm-hmm. right? And yes, we, we all want it to be that way, right? <laughs> we all want it to be easy and simple, but it's not sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the Lord knows. And we have to allow him to do his work, his perfect work. Mm -hmm. Because when the Lord does it, it's exactly that. It's perfect. Yes, indeed. It doesn't need to be undone or redone however many times Mm -hmm. or uprooted and then replanted. It's perfect. It's solid. It stands forever. Amen. And the same process, God says, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. He's standing at the door knocking on Nebuchadnezzar's heart. He knows what's in, anyone's, what's in everyone's heart and what they need, how to minister to them. And whoever opens the door, he said he'll come in and sup with them, right? And the Father and the Holy Spirit will come as well, you know, and they'll make their place in their abode with them. And also, like you were saying, honey, um, you see, because because of the faithfulness of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or yeah, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah, the whole people were blessed. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important for us not to assume the role of God in our own life. Exactly. Not to take his His place from him and jump up there ourselves or put someone else there. Because like you said, when we do it, it's shoddy workmanship. 
It won't stand. It won't last. When it's tried by fire, it will be destroyed. No one can, you know, truly be blessed by it. Yeah, you might, it might look pretty for a moment, but it won't last. And there will be so much left out. But because they just walked with God and they chose to stand and they stayed in that flow with him, they jumped on the current of what God was doing. Now Nebuchadnezzar had an opportunity to take one more step closer to God. Now they were promoted, but the other people, now the fragrance of God is beginning to be diffused throughout this Babylonian community more and more. The, the governors, administrators, and satraps, and all those people are now going, ooh, there's a real God. Now they have an opportunity to come to him. Right? Yes. yes. That was an open invitation for everybody out there. Everybody in that community, everybody that was looking at that fiery furnace, everybody's looking at that gold image, everybody that was watching this scene to go, there is a God. Absolutely. There is one God. Oh, you got something, Layla? Yes, just very quickly, what, what you were saying, Mommy, reminded me of Jesus when he said, unless a seed falls into the ground, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. So for Azariah... Hananiah and Mishael to lay their lives down willingly and essentially become that seed that died, they brought forth much fruit. And and you're going to see it later as we continue to study out Daniel. And Mm -hmm. it proves exactly what Jesus will say however many years later when he walks Mm -hmm. and does his earthly ministry. Mm -hmm. God is. Let's also look at this, right? There is also the scripture from Solomon. Um, I believe it was Solomon. Where he says, if my people will what? Repent, turn from their way, their wicked way, seek my face, that he would do what? Bless them and heal the land, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. what you're talking about. Well, that only happens with the Lord. But let's look at this. So, repent, humble themselves, or humble themselves and repent, and seek the Lord's face, right? And I'm paraphrasing it. Yes. Not quoting exactly. But we can see that here. These, well, four, Daniel, Hananiah, <clears throat> excuse me, Mishael, and Azariah. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Those four remained humble. They continually sought the Lord, right? We saw that in every trial, even from the beginning, when they were brought into captivity in Babylon. You can read it, honey. That was Second Chronicles. Yes. Um, this is... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Okay. So that was the whole point of this captivity was so that the Lord's people would do that. Now it doesn't talk about the entirety of all the individuals brought from Jerusalem into captivity in Babylon. It just mentions these four, really. Yes. And these four are doing that. You've seen that from the time that they came here. They didn't want to defile themselves. They remained humble and submitted to the Lord, their God, who is our God. They still were humble and did not speak out against the king. Mm -hmm. But they continually sought the Lord in everything. They even got together even for the first dream when they were, again, not unlike this this circumstance and situation where their lives were, their very lives were threatened. Mm-hmm. 
And they got together to pray and to seek the Lord and get the Lord's take on it. Exactly, his, his leading, his guidance on what they should say and what they should do. The interpretation of the dream, well, the dream and its interpretation. They've made a habit and a pattern of doing that in their lives. And as a result of even just these four, I'm not saying there weren't others that were also praying, right? This focuses on those four. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And in this particular case, just the three. Yes, in this case, just the three. Well, because they stood for the Lord, humbled themselves, sought the Lord's face, others, in this sense, even the heart of the king is being drawn to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? They didn't go about it, and you see even their responses. We have no need that we should answer you in this way. There's a humility and a submission. And yes, it, in their response, there was a humility and a submission. It wasn't the exact answer the king was looking for. But ultimately, what did it do? It produced repentance. It draw, drew them near to the Lord and positioned Babylon in a place where they could be blessed, mm-hmm. which was also the word to the children of Israel from Jeremiah. You're going to go into captivity, but it's okay. Our plans to prosper you, mm-hmm. right? Not to do you harm, but seek the prosperity in the place you find yourself. And in their prosperity is your prosperity. So they're still doing all of those things. And you see even in this, it's yielding fruit. Fruit as in drawing people unto repentance, and then fruit to bless and benefit the entirety of the land of the kingdom. They had to do it the Lord's way. Not revolt not start a rebellion, an insurrection, or any of those things, if you will, right? But just trust the Lord and allow the Lord to be God. Because it's in those those times, right? How does the Lord truly glorify? <clears throat> He's truly glorified when the situation and circumstance is so impossible, right? Or, or He gives the appearance that it is so impossible that the only way change could happen is when the Lord intervenes. So it's something that we, as Christians, as believers, should take note of, adhere to, or apply it to our lives, because it matters. It matters to the Lord, and ultimately, that's who we're trying to, we should be trying to please and to glorify. Mm-hmm. Not man, but the Lord. Not put our own spin or twist or take on it, but just follow the Lord's plan in full. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes. yes. Any questions on any of that? No. Okay. Well, let's pause there for today. And we'll resume in chapter four tomorrow. All right? Okay. Can I get someone to close us out in prayer, please? I will. Lord, I just thank you for today and for your mercy and your goodness, Lord. And I thank you for giving us, for, for you giving us chances to come back to you, Lord, to be reconciled with you, Lord, to acknowledge that you are God and God alone, Lord, and that you sit on the throne and all of heaven and the earth thereof is yours, Lord. And I ask that you'll continue to bless our listeners as they go about their day, Lord, and just keep them and guide them with your Holy Spirit, Lord. And I just thank you for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Just amen. amen.
Well, God bless you. We love you, and we pray you have a wonderful day. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.